Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Christy Stahl. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know me, I oversee kids stuff. Hi, kids. How are you guys? I miss you. I miss seeing you. I hope that you're good. Here I am, the special guest speaker. Hopefully you're not too disappointed. I am actually really excited to talk to you guys this morning. I'm feeling like God has a gift for you, you mothers, because it's Mother's Day, obviously. You get gifts. For anyone listening, I, I really just am sensing that God wants to give you something special this morning. Talking about gifts, giving good gifts. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's a lot of text down here, but I'm going to read it to you. It's from Matthew 7, 9 through 11. It's kind of about parents and about gifts, and so I'm going to read it to you. Parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? Uh, I've personally been experiencing some good gifts from the father, and I think he wants to give you some too. So just kind of nestle in, try to, you know, if I'm not entertaining enough for your children, give them the iPad or something or some fruit snack. Just try to, to pose yourself to maybe receive something special from God this morning. I feel like he wants to give you a little self-care, a little God care, okay? So I titled my teaching, You've Got Mail, which is a nod to Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's romance. Figure if Dusty can reference Star Wars, I can, I can uh, reference some romantic comedies. Here we go. Um, I do like romantic comedies. I think that I like them because I know they're going to end happy. I know I'm going to end feeling good. Well, it's not a perfect analogy. I think our faith is kind of like that too. We know how it's going to end. God's promised us that he's going to come back and make all things right and new. Uh, so even in the midst of difficulty and coronavirus, we can find peace and hope. I think because we know that God has our back, we can walk through this life with a little more joy. My subtitle is, Your Inbox is Full of Work, Junk, and Grace. This quarantine season, for me, has really been an opportunity to clean out my inbox and realize how much grace is all around me. It's been really good, you guys. I've been in a really sweet season with the Lord. Even though there's still tragedy, death, fear, homeschooling, I'm still really like seeing God's grace shine through too. So I just want to kind of share some of my experiences and maybe a little bit of God's heart for you this morning. Grace or charis. Look at that. I'm throwing in some Greek. It's like an official sermon now. I am not a theologian, just for the record. I do feel like God has an encouragement for you this morning. And charis is the Greek word for grace, and it's in the Bible several times. I think it's something like 60 to 120 or something like that, depending on translations. And what does it mean? It has a different meaning biblically rather than like worldly, right? Grace like might mean more distinguished or poised in the world, but grace in the Bible are these things. So undeserved or unmerited favor. My mornings in this stay-at-home season have looked like this. I've gotten myself up, set my alarm early to beat everyone up, pour myself a cup of coffee, and I lean back into God's love. I literally like sit in the couch and nestle in and take some breaths and sense myself like underneath God's arm with my head tucked under his chin and just being held by the Father. He snuggles me in every morning that I am willing and I don't really deserve it, 
It's unmerited, but it's favor. I feel like his favorite one a little bit. I feel like John did, right, at the Last Supper where he leaned back, reclined against Jesus. Uh, and it's a really sweet spot to be in. Number two, God's love drawing us toward Christ. So kind of similar to what I just talked about, favor, love, these are all synonymous. My quiet times, like I said, have been getting me out of bed in the morning and just away from hustle and distractions. They're just an opportunity to slow down, be intentional, and to walk through my days intentionally and really like a life-changing Jesus-y pace. So God's love drawing me toward Christ-likeness. Three, enabling power. That's pretty cool. He saves me from my anxiety, my irritability uh, most of the time. Pettiness and just choosing my battles. Uh, he enables me to love well despite my ugliness, I guess you could say. Grace does. Knowing that he is good, I can trust in that, even though me is struggling, if that makes sense. Spiritual healing. God makes us better, you guys. He does. I'm sure most of you have experienced that. Honestly, like one revelation from the Lord, insight from the Lord can be worth like months of therapy, right? It really can. He sees us. Number five, that's, he sees us. God's compassion or goodness reminds me of like Mary and Martha, the story where Lazarus died and, and Jesus shows up and he starts weeping. Shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept because he had compassion for his friends. And then he showed them their goodness, his goodness, his grace by healing Lazarus, by raising him from the dead. Number six, a gift from the heavenly father. Gifts, such a cool thing. Who doesn't like a gift? And they're all around us, you guys. And I rarely slow down enough to notice them. I'm really bad at this, but I'm getting better. And, I'm, and I wanna encourage you to get better too, because it's worth it in nature, in spring. I've just been looking up at trees lately when I go on walks, right? Like. Gosh, I so often just look at the stumps and like look up and they're just like generations they've witnessed and seen winters and springs and, and God's goodness repeat always come through in the end. And anyways, nature is all around uh, sleeping babies, more beauty than we can ever take in, right? God's got lots of gifts for us if we stop to notice them. And then of course, Jesus, who is the ultimate grace and he's mentioned a few times in the Bible. So I think it's legit. Okay, so speaking of Jesus, he told lots of stories about grace um, without using the word. So, because he's a way better teacher than I am. Anyways, he told stories, parables about like the lost sheep and coin, right? Where God like leaves the 99 uh, for us. And then he rejoices when we find each other. I think he's rejoicing over this season with me right now. I, it's been really special for us, kind of our relationship. He pursues us and he's seeking your attention. He's seeking our attention, you guys. The coin and the the sheep right they're not doing anything it's undeserved they don't have to do anything they just have to be found and god's excited about it uh it's purely god's compassion and goodness and that saves us it's grace right our heavenly father or the father of the prodigal son that's also in luke 15 shows uh is about the dad right showing undeserved favor obviously to the oldest son and then tells or the, I'm sorry, undeserved favor to the youngest son that goes off and squanders his inheritance and then tells his older son that everything has always been his. Like the father is just nothing but giving to both of his kids and all of his kids, including you and me, you guys. Everything he has is ours. What an inheritance we have, what access to treasure we have. It's pretty exciting. And then Isaiah 30, 18 kind of speaks for itself. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and show you compassion. 
Blessed are those who wait for him. Have you ever gotten a gift just because? Not because it was Mother's Day, not because it was your birthday, but just because. My gift just because is about Ryan. Uh, when we first started dating, we both went to Portland Community College. And some days we would have classes on the same days, but there were other days, probably like Wednesdays, Thursdays or something, I don't know, where we wouldn't carpool together. I would come back from class and discover a love note on my dashboard underneath my windshield. And this would happen often, you guys. And it was wonderful, obviously, right? Like what a, what a fun way to be loved. The first couple of times were uh, unexpected. And then like I started like parking strategically and I wanted to make sure that I got as many love letters as possible so that he would see my car and I made sure I checked my windshield and honestly I was a little disappointed when there wasn't one. Anyways, it was a really special season of getting gifts just because someone loves me. I think God is leaving us love notes all the time too. I think that when he seedlings spring up from the earth, like that's a little love note, like yeah, this whole world is in my hands. We'll talk more about little gifts later, but gifts just because things get in the way. Okay. So back to the inbox analogy, being distracted by all the work, right? Your inbox is full of work, junk, and grace. Oftentimes I'm distracted by work. I am a doer and uh, it's really hard for me to slow down and to read my love notes sometimes, but how silly, right? If you run with this analogy or this example, like if I was too busy to grab the note off my dashboard and read it. Oh my goodness, it's so long. How much time does this take to read, right? But how, we talk about the Bible in LA, so. Or what if I was too upset about the chip in the windshield, right? I'm like distracted by all the things that are wrong with this situation. Or what if I was just too overwhelmed with the assignment I just got in class or having to go back home to my stepmother or something. There's all that to say, I guess. There's a million things that can distract us that can get us busy or angry. None of those things are like abnormal, but they all pull us away from noticing the love notes on our dash, from noticing God's love that's all around us. So I've been, that's been the blessing of coronavirus as it's slowed me down enough to notice some of the things that have always been around me. Not only is there busyness work in our inbox, but there's also junk, which is a really mild word to describe suffering. This is Moses talking about grace actually, and also in the midst of suffering. His people are currently enslaved when he's writing this and he's frustrated, but also still like knows that there's grace out there, right? So Moses says, teach us to live wisely and well. Come back, God, how long do we have to wait? Treat your servants with kindness for a change. Uh, surprise us with love at daybreak. Then we'll skip and dance all the day long. Make up for the bad times with some good times. We've seen enough evil to last a lifetime. Let your servants see what you're best at, the way you rule and bless your children. And let the loveliness of our Lord rest on us, rest on us, Lord. Confirming the work that we do, they're slaves. Yes, affirm the work that we do. I guess I wanted to point this out because I, as I talk about like all the blessing and the goodness, I don't want you to think that I am ignoring the great suffering that's happening in the world uh, currently due to pandemic. There is, there are literally like people starting it up in Kenya and India um, and other places too, I believe. It's, it's tragic. 
it like in the truest sense of the word. I'm not blind to that, and God's not blind to the darkness either, the brokenness of humanity and this world, which is why he sent Jesus. He broke through. I mean, I don't know if you guys read much of the Old Testament. People are pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, gross and death and uh, war and famine, lots of the same things that we still have today. And Jesus broke through. He was the ultimate grace, right? So I don't know if you guys have seen this. I don't know if you can see it now. Uh, but it's like the first coming with the cross and then the second coming, which is not still to come, right? God will come back and we'll, we'll go to heaven, paradise. Like make, God will make all things right. It'll be heaven on earth. Anyways, we're in this area, which the vineyard fondly calls the now, but the not yet. That just means that we've seen God move. We've seen him do miracles. We've seen him, we've seen grace. We still see grace all around us. We get to experience it anytime we want to look for it, you guys. But we also see sin. Uh, we see brokenness. We see evil. Jesus came to show us the way of grace, and he's going to come again to make things new. In the meantime, like kind of look around you, right? Like there is both beauty and suffering. We live in a time where people are both full of love and full of hatred. I think we need to be a people that sees both. Jesus gives us grace and he expects us to do the same to others. I don't know if you've received, if you've been gracious lately, the odds are if you haven't, uh, you're probably not receiving a lot of it. We can't give out of an empty cup, right? And God's not blind to that. That's why he came. That's why he sent Jesus. He knows that we need him to be good. I think a great example of someone who both receives grace well and gives grace well, gives goodness and fullness of life, gives gifts and joy and encouragement and salvation is Bob Goff. I don't know if you've heard of him. This is him. Uh, he wrote a couple books, like Love Does. He ha lives in a really nice neighborhood in San Diego. He's an upper-class white male, but he also is a recovering lawyer and has a great heart for kids that are uh, enduring tragic abuse. Too horrific to talk about. He is making a difference in Uganda, and he is teaching kids how to read, and he is saving them from torture and worse he does both really big. Uh, he is both full of grace here in his real life, in his everyday life here in San Diego, and he is giving grace fully too. And I just think he's a beautiful example of like not even being, you know, sometimes do you ever get like kind of feel guilty for the life you live because you know there's tragedy in the world, you know there's suffering and we can send checks and contribute it to our organizations. We can go on mission trips. We can become missionaries, but there's only so much we can do, you guys. There is only so much. We have to do our part. For sure, I'm like preaching now. This was a little off tangent, but my point is, is to not ignore either, okay? Bob Goff does a great job of being aware of the fighting, and he is fully giving grace and fully receiving grace, and I want to be more like that.